Good morning, folks. Uh, happy that you are here to join us for worship. And uh, I'd like to share with you this morning meditation. As you know, we are into the series on the Kingdom of God. And the meditation that is assigned it to me this morning is on God's, pe- God's people uh, in reference to children. A text taken is from Luke chapter 18, verses 15 to 17. I'm reading to you in this uh, version of the English Standard Version, ESV. And this is how it goes. Now they were bringing even infants to him, to Jesus, that he might touch them. And when disciples saw it, they rebuked them. Verse 16, But Jesus called them to him, saying, Let the children come to me, and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Verse 17, Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God, like a child, shall not enter it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And let us pray. God, our Heavenly Father, at this moment of meditation, we look to you and the guidance of the Holy Spirit to teach us, bless us with your word, and bless it to our heart that we can apply your word in our lives and to continue the journey of faith with you and for you. In Jesus' loving name we pray. Amen. Let me by begin by saying that nowadays, when you look at the kids or the children, they were so well educated and well versed with many electronic uh, gadgets, I must say, that they easily handle those uh, electronic devices. Unlike a generation like us, uh, we still have to pick up the skill on this area. And one interesting uh, observation that when you see them playing with a computer game or onto a video clip, uh, they are a world by themselves. They can't hear you. They can't see you. They never notice that they are around. They were so glued to the computer games and really having a fun or a world by themselves. But then interest, interestingly, I realized that when there is a birthday party on, especially during the time when you ask them together to come and sing and cut the birthday cake, uh, at that short moment, they really can come to you as an individual, as a group, uh, to be gathered at the table, ready to sing and to witness the cutting of the birthday cake. And they're all ready. And the moment that we like to blow the candles, and you realize the kids, not only one to blow, but among themselves, three or four or five or six, group together, and count on one, two, three, they blow the candles. And it's really fun to look them, look at them, 
doing this joint effort or cutting the birthday cake. Uh, it really enhances the family life and the family celebrations over the birthday. Now this morning, I ask all of you, recognizing that Christmas is just around the corner, I would like to ask you, how are we going to celebrate Jesus' birthday? I wonder. I wonder what kind of gift you would like to give to Jesus. Is it a smartphone? Or a teddy bear? Or a homemade fruitcake? Alright folks, we have many uh, choices for you to consider. Uh, you have to think about it. But here this morning, if you look at the text in Luke chapter 18, you realize that the best gift for Jesus, as you read the text, is to bring children to Jesus, including infants, the Bible says, or babies, and allow Jesus to touch them. And Jesus would like to bless them by saying, all these kids belong to the kingdom of God. So no doubt, they are really precious even in the sight of God. And I must say, it's so glad to hear that Jesus accepting children without a second thought. Unlike the disciples, they like to even reject them and uh, chase them away. Here I realize that God with such a big and mighty God himself, but he has a soft spot for children. Have you ever wondered why Jesus put such an emphasis on children? Well, I guess that's like us parents or grandparents or even the ordinary folks. When you look at the children, they are also adorable or cute. But even when you look at the baby, sometimes they are so demanding, uh, especially crying over for milk. Yet you can see the heart of Jesus is to love them all. And just like we human beings love our kids all together. So here I realized that Jesus was so fond of children and would like to bless them for they belong to the kingdom of God. And I'd like to show with you now some of the Bible verses about how the Bible say about children for, before us. If you look at Psalm 127, verse 3, I'm reading from to you from the New American Standard Bible, NASB, in verse 3 says, Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. So here the Bible affirms with us that children indeed is a gift from the Lord. And in fact, in some other version, we say the heritage from the Lord. The second reference from the Bible about children is Isaiah 54, verse 12 to 14. I'm reading to you from the ESV, verse 13, that all your children shall be taught by the Lord and shall, and shall great, uh, great shall be the peace of your children. Let me read again. That all your children shall be taught by the Lord 
and great shall be the peace of your children. In other words, the Lord will teach our children and they'll take care, God will take care of them and that really will be our assurance that God keeps an eye over our children for us. Then the third reference is taken from Psalm 115, verse 13 to 14. Again, reading to you from the English Standard Version, ESV. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both the small and the great. And may the Lord give you increase to you and your children. In other words, the Lord will bless us including our children, our kids, our kids, and also our grandchildren altogether. So here we realize from the biblical point of view that God can also use children to show us how we can relate with Him, that God the Heavenly Father, especially with the kingdom value in mind. So this morning I have two areas or two lessons to share with you this thought of the kingdom people in reference to children. So the first thought is talk about kingdom people in reference with children is to live with the kingdom value. Is to live with the kingdom value. Now, interestingly, I was uh, reading the book from Tamara Bugus. Uh, it's an ordinary lady who writes a book entitled, And Then God Gave Us Kids. The book, from the author's point of view, is her own reflection and prayer she offered to God over her family life with the three children in mind. In fact, at the same time, the author has in mind is to relate how God uses our kids to help us to help us to grow. Alright, this is how the book comes about. About then God give us kids. At the same time, how God uses our kids to help us to grow. I'm captured by one of the chapters in the book. And uh, this is how the incident she writes about the time that she went out outing with the family. And it's talk about the two girls she has in mind. Uh, the younger one is three years old called Christina. Uh, slightly older, I call Hannah, uh, five years old. And the family outing was to take them out to a marine park where they could see the performance of those lively dolphins swimming and jumping up to touch the ball and the bell, that kind of situation. So it was a happy outing with the two girls in mind. And it was said that after the show, mommy went to the gift shop, shop, shop and bought uh, Christina, the younger girl, a uh, rubber dolphin. And she was so happy, you know, playing it with the car, in the car. And holding the dolphin up and down, like making it jump, just like the show they just watched. While she was so happily playing uh, at the car, inside the car, uh, Hannah, the other sister, was not so happy with her movement, uh, angrily complained to the mother 
and say that uh, Christina was uh, putting the toy next to her seat, like occupying her, her area. But then the mom looked at the rear mirror while she was driving and realized that this is not true because uh, the younger sister was happily by playing by herself, uh, moving the dolphin uh, toy up and down. So the mommy kind of uh, reprimanded uh, Hannah and said, Hey, you need to apologize to your sister because she didn't uh, uh, disturb you. Uh, you must say sorry to her. But reluctantly, Hannah uh, used the word, sorry la, you know, like really not man what she say. So the mummy was a bit uh, upset with this remark uh, or voice that came from Hannah and told Hannah while she was still driving, well girl, when we go back, I would like to uh, confine you, ground you, that you're going to be sitting on the chair for 15 minutes uh, the way to help you to cool down, so to speak. You know what? Hannah with a kind of emotional voice and told mommy, you always get me in trouble instead of Christina. It's not fair. I hate you. Wow, can you imagine a little girl's respond to mommy? And you can see mommy's heart must have some uh, taken back. That she tried being not so impartial and show love. And yet this is what the girl responded. It's not fair and I hate you. Because you always like pick on me. Well, folks, this is quite a human dynamic for us. And I realize here could be a precious lesson for us. That very often we do go through such thought and emotion with our relationship with God. We do complain. We do question God that why he allowed such crises happen to us that we may felt God perhaps has abandoned us or left us or let us down. For instance, you may be having a very beautiful uh, relationship with somebody, but it didn't work out. You may ask why. Or you may be affect, afflicted with a terminal illness and got to face the unknown future. Or you may receive a piece of news, the passing of the very dear one. And the news came in a very sudden moment. I will say it is like a sudden death. And you know and I know, folks, death is no respecter of persons. And any time death can strike us. And what shall we do? We know we only can cry to the Lord. We struggle with our pain and grief. Perhaps even say in our hearts, it's not fair. Why such death happened to us? Why? 
why at this moment? It's so hard to accept and even hard to pray over it. And worse still, we know that is no one has discovered a cure for death. Death being death to us. Well, we realize this is a very real thing uh, in our daily living. We do face crisis, uncertainty, illness, and the loss of our dear ones. And now we are even very uncertain facing the COVID-19 situation. We're not sure how it's going to end even with vaccine around with us. But here I learn to the scripture, beloved, as God's people, kingdom people, I believe we are given the strength and hope to endure such grief and sadness. For the word of God has revealed to us, as Paul mentioned in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13, that we must not, like people, live without hope. We are not people that live without hope. We know we have Jesus, and we see in Jesus there is new life, hope, for he has overcome the world, even death. And we thank God that through Jesus' resurrection, Jesus reminded us we can see new life, new hope, and new beginning in him and with him. Moreover, the scripture also says that we have a God who empathizes with us, who knows us and walks with us. And the scripture text is taken from Hebrew chapter 4, verse 14 to 17. I'm sure you're familiar with this text. Talk about Jesus as a high priest, or the great high priest for us. In Hebrew chapter 4, verse 14 to 17, which says, Therefore, see, we have a great high priest who ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Verse 16, Let us then approach God's throne with grace, with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of our need. Folks, we thank God for this assurance that we can always find grace to help us in time of our need. So whatever crisis situation we are in, we realize God is fully in control and understands our situation, that we can find time in Him in time of crisis. And the scripture also reminded us that Jesus himself had gone through such suffering and pain on the cross. In fact, when the Lord was resurrected, he went back to the disciples. And you know, Thomas, we call him the doubting Thomas, was not at the first time that Jesus was there, recorded in John 20. But because of Thomas, 
Jesus appeared to them again and asked Thomas, Now you come and feel my nail pierced hand at both sides and also the pierced side the soldier did on me. And when Thomas saw it, he said, Lord, yes, I'm a sinner before you. So here we have the assurance that Jesus went through his suffering and he was back to life and revealed himself to us. So you think God is unfair to us? Well, someone write this way. The greatest unfairness of all times was when Jesus, who was completely without sin and he was perfect in love, paid the consequences and bore the guilt and shame of our sin. Jesus indeed has suffered enough. And talking about unfairness, he would consider having that unfairness to him. Moreover, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 8, it says, He was obedient enough even to die on the cross. He was obedient enough to die on the cross. And folks, we have not gone to that level yet, I believe. But Jesus went through it. So here the lesson for us is the kingdom value that we are talking here is to reckon that God is always with us. He has not abandoned us. No matter what circumstances we are in, or situation we are in, God has never left us or forsaken us. The kingdom value remains and God is always with us. Second lesson for us, looking at kingdom people, is that we need to introduce or bring people to God. The Bible says they brought children to Jesus. And I must say they did the right thing. They brought the children to Jesus. And here we so harden to know that they including babies or infants uh, be brought to Jesus. Now, I, I make a reflection here, folks. Uh, we know that Singaporeans like to eat and have some favorite food store with us. But you know what you do? You make an effort to go and look for it. Even to the point of queuing up for half an hour, 45 minutes. You go for it. And we know that if the latest smartphone is in the market or on show, there are people even willing to queue overnight for it. They are really all going for it. So I realize that if you really see the kingdom value, bring someone to Jesus. Don't keep them away from God. Bring them to Jesus. While I was looking for material for this morning meditation, somehow the Lord draws me to look at the ministry, I will call it the work of world vision. And I guess world vision is not new to many of us. And I believe the way that world vision had reached out to children, to the children ministry and projects 
CM part on. And uh, World Vision is an international or interdenominational organization reach out to millions of children. Their objective is to bring joy to those who are underprivileged, especially with poorer families. According to World Vision, and this is what they embark on. Uh, let me read to you their objectives, or one of them. As a child-focused organization, World Vision see children as a community's most precious resource and centralized to addressing poverty. Our development approach focuses on children and seek to empower their families, local communities and partners to address the underlying causes of poverty so children and the community can prosper. And this is really a kind of God-given ministry for them to do to enable others to, book, to make progress in their lives. And I'd like to share with you this lovely testimony by one of the children that helped by World Vision. Her name is called Lenny Lin, at 27 years age. Uh, she comes from Philippines. And this is how she writes about her testimony. That she started as a volunteer with the organization World Vision. And she is one of the youngest uh, child of three. Her parents are farmers who didn't earn a regular income. With other siblings, she shared that all I wondered then was our life to get better for me and my siblings to finish school so that we can help our parents, she said. And according to her testimony, it was a blessing for the family when World Vision supported her education. Uh, World Vision was willing to support me, but the organization could not shoulder everything for my education, she said. But I thank God there was a sponsor, Barbara, for supporting my education. Through the regular correspondence with this friend, Barbara, she found great encouragement from her and helped to keep her dream on. In fact, uh, Lane's uh, dream was to become a medical doctor one day. And then she said before the pandemic uh, on in the world, she worked as a World Vision volunteer in the medical services, providing the prenatal infant care like immunization to the community. But with COVID-19, somehow God had put her in a new kind of service and she was already frightened because there's a fear with her working in isolation unit. And I'll be on duty for seven straight days. I'll be quarantined for 14 days. And I got to be away from my own baby for a longer time or period. But then faith in God sustained her, she writes. I've seen God provide for my needs, especially when we did not have much. 
And there were times when I also felt he left me, especially when I failed my nursing board exams. I was frustrated, but it was during that experience that God impressed on me that God will help me to finish the works He had begun in me. I trusted God for His protection upon me and my family since I was a child, and the same protection God, God is giving me now. Of course, with a dear lady, uh, Barbara, I consider she is my encourager and even my second mother, she said. Uh, through her help and provided my needs and my parents could barely able to give me. In conclusion, she writes, The risk may be great, but she knows she is not alone. So I must say she has this wonderful testimony to testify that God's grace and working in her life is great to World Vision and the sponsor, Barbara. Herself. Well, I was consider this kind of testimony is very challenging to see God using the ministry of world vision, transforming her poverty background to one who can make an impact and contribution back to her community. So I looking at this testimony, I would like to say salute the work of world vision uh, for what they are doing today for those needy and poor family. So here, folks, I learned that never, never prevent or stop children coming to God. God has a great plan for us or for them, so we should not deprive them coming to God. So here is a reminder that kingdom people, people like you and me, let us continue to be obedient to God and let Him lead and direct us for His own glory. In conclusion, I would say kingdom people, in reference to children, there are these two areas to remember. The kingdom people, bearing in mind that God is always with us, no matter what situation or challenges we are in, or face today. The second point to remember is kingdom people, we are asked to introduce or to bring people to the kingdom of God, especially those lovely children. Amen. God bless. Let us pray. God our Father, we thank you for this meditation reminding us of the privilege of being the kingdom people, that we are to continue to reckon that we can use by you and to help others. And so we pray that we take every opportunity is given and open to us to introduce people into your kingdom work too. So watch over us, Lord, and bless us with this blessing they are given to us, especially even to children. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.